Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests on JM in the AM. Rabbi Ellie Gwertz and Abe Cohen. Abe recently released a song about Shabbos. The two of them were on the air with us to discuss the Partners in Torah initiative to get more and more people to study the curriculum of Shabbos together. Details at partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Here's that conversation with Ellie Gortz and Abe Cohen for you here on JM Rewind at the Nahum Single Network. Well, Partners in Torah has been a uh, an organization, a cause, a mission that we have proudly promoted for decades. Uh, Partners in Torah continues to grow. It really is amazing. They just continue to grow, thinking of new initiatives and staying current in 2020 with the uh, technology and the know-how to uh, get every generation involved in the study of Torah. And, of course, the point is to make people feel more connected to our heritage and our tradition, and uh, and they're doing an amazing job at it. There's really two methods of communication with Partners in Torah for those of you who are considering being a mentor, a student, or if you want information about this brand new initiative that we're about to speak about. Uh, and it's 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four and the number two, 1-800-STUDY-42, and it's uh, partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org. And of course, in the uh, context of this conversation, as we've been mentioning for the last couple of weeks, you want to uh, check out partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. We have a couple of really special guests with us live via telephone. The CEO of Partners in Torah is Rabbi Eli Gortz. Rabbi Gortz, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. Nice to be here again. Uh, it's great to have you on, and Mazal Tov and the new initiative. We'll speak about it in a moment. Also, uh, where, where else but on JM in the AM is there going to be a world debut of a brand new song important to the Jewish community? Uh, of course, uh, this is the place, and Abe Cohen is with us live via telephone. He's going to tell us about the song and its connection to Partners in Torah as we world debut officially uh, this brand new selection of JMDM. So, Abe, good morning to you, and we'll get to the song ASAP. Awesome. Good morning, Malcolm. Happy to be here. Uh, Rabbi Gwartz, uh, you have to admit that my opening comments uh, were accurate. Uh, for decades, Partners in Torah has been doing an amazing job, staying ahead of the curve being as current as possible in every single decade and every single generation uh, in trying to uh, uh, arrange for people to uh, study together Torah to enhance someone's life by bringing uh, a tradition and heritage uh, into more of a prominent place in their lives. And the Partners in Torah has been extremely successful at it. Now, Partners in Torah has introduced a new initiative where the details lie at Partners in Torah slash Shabbat. Tell us about this unique Shabbat Partners in Torah program that's been introduced? Well, everybody's familiar with the Shabbos project started in South Africa by Rabbi Warren Goldstein and uh, took the world, the Jewish world, by storm. And uh, people from all over the world really are tuning into the idea of practicing, accepting, observing in their own way, everybody in, in their own way, a measure of Shabbos and Shabbat, the way everyone, the way they pronounce it, a little bit more than they used to be doing it. And I think it's, it's tremendous credit goes to Rabbi Goldstein for his, from the, his accomplishment. Uh, what happened this year is that, that many of the outdoor events, many of the in-person events are, had to be canceled because of COVID. 
Right. Uh, there are very few, if any, you know, the outdoor challabakes, uh, the, 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 the Havdalah get-togethers, even the Friday night meals. So Rabbi Goldstein took the initiative, of course, of encouraging people to observe Shabbat at home and helping them and encouraging them and seeing, you know, for people to learn how to do that. But once the, the, the excitement about the Shabbos project uh, passes, they realize that people need to do something more. They're, they're, as there were no events, they, 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 they needed more inspiration. So Rabbi Golson approached our COO, Mo Mernick, and asked him if he could partner with us this year in having a, sort of like a follow-up. Uh, it's, there is no follow-up because there's no beginning, there's no end of Shabbos, but the, as a, sort of a follow-up to their initiative to learn about Shabbos with a fellow Jew, not necessarily a mentor. We're providing the study material this year. We're, we're giving everything they need to learn. So someone could, someone who's a mentor could learn with someone who's, who's, who's younger, uh, less advanced. Someone who's uh, a, a, a Shabbos novice could learn with another Shabbos novice. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, we're providing, as you mentioned, the technology. I know you remember back in the days when we used to give out phone cards That's and right. we used to reimburse people. You would even reimburse them for their phone bills. You'd also encourage people to actually meet in person if possible and, and study together. Yes. Right. That, you know, that happens. Uh, right. People who, who study, you know, who meet by phone for, for weeks, for years, uh, sometimes they never even get together by Skype or, or right. I shouldn't say Skype, nobody uses that anymore. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> FaceTime or any, any of today's technologies. Uh, yeah, with video technology. Uh, and, and they don't do that for some reason. There's the mystique of the phone learning program. But, but when they travel, very often we hear stories almost every week of people meeting for the first time, for the right. third time, that people make a CM together. So, yes. So this Shabbos uh, project or this program, this three-week learning program, is, is very unique in that we're rolling out our new technology. We're allowing people to connect with anyone, we ask that we give people the option if they want to study with someone more advanced, less advanced, uh, a friend. You can even tag somebody. You can you can you can say you want a, f- a friend to study with you, or someone like yesterday we got a contact from somebody who wants to study with somebody in Israel. So uh, someone they met years ago, they went on the website, signed up for themselves, got the the uh, link, the invitation link, sent it to their friend, and voila. The two of them connected, and now they're going to be studying for, for the next three weeks. And once the three weeks are over, there's no commitment. But many people will decide to continue studying. But yeah. at least we have that, that initial infusion. They'll see how easy it is and uh, that the commitment is not nearly as, uh, as difficult as some people think. Um, what, the goal here with the three weeks, with the, I assume is three video presentations, is to actually have people watch these together or watch them and discuss them afterwards, what's the, or, or all of the above. What's the, what's the goal uh, in terms of the practical methods that's being used to get people into this three-week program? Right. No video presentation. It's all about the human connection. They sign up. They get the mater- each week. They're going to get new material in their inbox. Uh, fascinating, engaging study material, and people don't have to use that material. They can go. They they can use that material for, and, and study the whole thing. They can use that material, go off on tangents, 
or they can study something they, 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 they choose to study. But the idea is that any hesitation that people have about what am I going to study, how am I going to do this, it's, it's all, all there, care, right? and it, it's new material. It's not something they've seen. You can download anywhere else. Uh, and then, and and the the discussion, you know, takes a life for its, of its own. Yeah. Uh, everybody, you can go to the website partnersintorah.org slash shabbat. You'll see some of the recommendations they have of who you could study with. Also, there are links there to register and to become part officially of this program, uh, which is pretty amazing. And hopefully, the uh, uh, this will lead to more and more people after these uh, three weeks are over. It'll lead to more and more people getting out there and um, and, and becoming. Uh, a true partners, either with the, the partner they've chosen for this three-week program or others uh, to continue the Torah study. That's what the goal is, and everybody out there uh, can unite around this Shabbos idea by going to uh, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat and uh, signing up. Uh, all right, so Abe Cohen is with us. Um, Rabbi Gwartz, uh, can you better explain, can Abe Cohen better explain why the song we're about to hear is linked to and is now officially in partnership with Partners in Torah? I spoke too much already. Let Abe have a... Have, have. <laughs> Abe, go ahead. Abe Cohen is with us. Uh, tell us about the song and why this is a natural partnership with Partners in Torah. Okay. Um, so the song is a, a incredible composition by uh, a composer named Yosef Schick. I know Yosef for, uh, for many years. And uh, we even went to camp together uh, many, many years ago. And... Um, you know, he presented the song to me probably about four years ago, and I fell in love with it immediately. It uh, it, it really pulled at the heartstrings. You know, it it it, it to me is, is such a beautiful depiction of um, you know a, a zmir that we sing on Shabbos that not necessarily gets the attention it should. And and I purchased the song quite a while ago. Um, and, and being busy in my, in my regular professional career along with, uh, you know, the singing, um, it, it never really, you know, had, had a proper uh, professional production, um, you know, worthy of putting out the song. Um, I had gotten introduced to Rabbi Gewurz, um about a few months ago, and the idea was put forth for this type of collaboration, and it hit me you know, very strongly that there, there's no better way to present this song to the public. Um, you know, no, no better way to, to finally present this song to the public, um, you know, in its true and, and most sincere form, um, other than doing a partnership like this. The, the you know, the, the, the project that you were just talking about, the rabbi was just talking about, um, of, of this past uh, you know, that went live this past week with, you know, the, the Shabbat Project and Partners in Torah, you know, to me, that is a, a you know, clear um, uh, message that can be given over through a song like this. Uh, the video that was released, um, you know, I, I urge everyone to check out the video. The video that was released is, is such a clear storyline of exactly that message. It's, it's people connecting uh, with their partners and and being walked through the the Shabbos experience. 
Yeah, it's a. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing only because when I was about a third through, I'm saying to myself, "Where's this going?" And then all of a sudden, it becomes obvious to everybody that this is the uh, perfect video describing uh, a partnership uh, regarding the day of Shabbos, and uh, that's why I guess it's one of the reasons that it's a perfect partnership with Partners in Torah for this project. Oh, Nachman, I just want to mention something else. You know, uh, Abe alluded to somebody you reach out to him, tell him that that's some person that is that fellow is, is the composer. Uh, that composer happens happens coincidentally to be my son-in-law, Yosef Sheik. <laughs> and and Yosef called me up one week after after I think after speaking to Ape, and he said, "Listen, I have an idea for you. Um, you know, finally putting out that song. Ape Cohen did, is doing a phenomenal production. You, you, you know, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for for Shabbos for partners to to do to to do a music video." And I said, "What? I mean, music video? I, I didn't see any connection." And it took literally a couple of weeks to sort of like get this, wrap this around my head, and say, "You know, I see it because Shabbos is the culmination of a. I don't know if culmination is the right word, but you have a whole busy week. You're very, very distracted in a in a world that's that that's detached from spirituality, and then comes Shabbos, and then that's that." That you know that escape, the that that place where you can go and and, and just you know uh, bask in the serenity of Shabbos, and there's something very similar about you know so it's like a metaphor for the rest of our lives. We're all so busy, everybody's involved in different things, somewhat detached from spirituality, and then you have your half hour, forty five minutes a week with your partner in Torah. It's an escape from the world in yeah. in, a, in a certain sense. The the two. There, two are a metaphor for one another. So, yeah, it's funny. Made a lot of sense. Someone said. To, someone said to me, "The, um, uh, the, the we, we have so little time that we don't realize how much time we have." <laughs> In other words, you know, we're we're busy with a lot of stuff, but when it comes to something important, we always find the time uh, to fit it into our schedule somehow. So we have very little time yep. these days, but we don't. But so little that we don't realize how much time we have. <laughs> I thought that was that's a good a, one. That's such a great point because. Yeah. People don't like. How could you do Shabbos? You're so busy. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> so then I could say, okay. So then, how could you? If you could do Shabbos, you could do 30 minutes a week. There's no doubt huh? about no doubt about that. <laughs> people dedicate people dedicate 30 minutes a week to uh, much less uh, important pursuits. That's for sure. All right. Here's what we're gonna do, folks. Uh, Partners in Torah is with us. It's by Ellie Gortz. It's Abe Cohen. Um, the song features Abe Cohen, who's a great singer, and uh, we have phenomenal memories of his visits to Camp Masora. Uh Abe Cohen and, and uh, Revi Schwabel, legendary Revi Schwabel. We're going to play the song. We'll get Abe Cohen's uh, uh, final comments regarding the song once you've heard it, and then we'll continue with Rabbi Gwertz and encourage everybody to become part of this unique program, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. It's 30 minutes a week, everybody. That's it. With a prepared curriculum. You don't go. To, you don't want to watch anything. You have to make commitment. All you do is you have the curriculum in front of you. Literally studying it, reviewing it uh, with whoever your partner is. And like I say on the website, you'll see all the lists of uh, types of people they recommend could actually be your partner in this project. Doesn't have to be someone who's going to be a mentor or student uh, for life under the traditional partners in Torah uh, organizational umbrella. All right. Uh, here it is. Partners in Torah presents Shabbos. Abe Cohen featuring Revi Schwabel. You'll find it on YouTube. Uh, Partners in Torah is tagged. Revi Schwabel's tagged. Abe Cohen, of course, is tagged. You'll find it on YouTube and a bunch of other places, no doubt, about it at this point. Uh, but we're calling it the official world debut, obviously. 
right here at JM in the AM. Partners in Torah presents Shabbos. Abe Cohen, Revi Schwabel. Here it is at JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM. By the way, one of the uh, reasons you should watch the video in addition to listening to this song is uh, it has some amazing, incredible endings <laughs> on the video, which are really heartwarming. Partners in Torah present Shabbos, Abe Cohen featuring Revi Schwabel. Check it out, folks. Uh, it, it's a, a brand new song in partnership with Partners in Torah. Abe, your, uh, your comments after we've now officially world debuted the selection. What do you think? <laughs> um, obviously, I love it. Um, but I definitely have to add that, uh, you know, there was a lot of hard work put into it. And, and, and what you've just heard, um, the audio um, piece, uh, you know, Donnie Gross, um, DEG Studios is, is where I uh, recorded it. It was arranged there. And, and he's just a such a talented, um, you know, mastermind when it comes to music. Um, you know, he, not only is he incredible, but also vocally as a coach while the artists are recording and very involved with bringing Revy onto the project. Um, he just did a, a, such a phenomenal job. And I also just want to add that, um, you know, the, the, the script for the video uh, and the theme and, and the involvement from Partners in Torah and their team, um, really I, I had very little to do with that uh, other than, you know, performing with Revy on the song. Um, you know, they, they did such an incredible job um, giving over that message that Danny Finkelman and Sparks Next um, Productions were able to to bring to life. So, really, um, a, a huge thank you to all of them because uh, you know the the theme is is uh, you know the most important thing for us to give over that message, and it was done in such a a masterful way by Rabbi Gewertz, um, you know, Mr. Mernick and their entire team, and, and the script that they came up with that Danny and his team were able to bring to life. It was just uh, really incredible, um, a project that uh, I'll be proud of, God willing, for for the rest of my life, and just a, a complete major honor. Rabbi Gortz, on the subject of technology, it's amazing that now we're in an era where a piece like this could be produced and it could touch hearts all around the world. Literally, people will, I mean, this will go viral. And people will be will be uh, enthralled with the concept of of Shabbos, and they'll also, you know, what else? I think they'll be uh, they'll be surprised um, with, and that is the um, the description in the video as one watches it uh, of how willing participants are ready to take on a commitment to study. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, I'm not going to ask this person to get involved in our tradition or heritage because they're probably going to laugh at me or think that it's ridiculous or they have no desire or it's old-fashioned, whatever excuse you want to use. And Rabbi Gortz, you've seen it thousands of times, how quickly people will answer. And the video's not lying. Sometimes it does happen that quickly where they'll react and say, yeah, I've always been thinking about exploring my heritage. You know, how do I go about it? And I think that that really comes out in the video. Yeah, I I, I was very uh, surprised at how how well everything came together. There was a lot of siyat Yishmaya here. I shouldn't be surprised about that because we've had a lot of siyat Yishmaya <laughs> over the many years. Um, you know, <clears throat> just I mean, you know, people think about YouTube num- numbers of, sh- of views on view- on YouTube. Uh, I don't think that's a. I don't know the significance of that, but but in one day to have five and a half thousand views, yep. I think is 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 uh, very telling. And and I'm got I've gotten so many messages from people about wow, so touching. Look at the comments on YouTube. Uh, look, you know, people telling me they cried. 
I, I don't think that's a common reaction to most music videos. I think people say, wow, that's a cool video. That was, <laughs> that was masterful. That was fun. But nobody says, wow, that was meaningful. Right? No so, um, yeah, I, 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 I thank you for debuting the song. I thank you for everything you've done, specifically for Barnes & Toro over the years and for Klai Yisrael Bechlau. Um, yeah, and it has been a great partnership with AP and, 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 uh, and, his, and his team and, and, and uh, Danny Kinkelman. It was really, really, uh, everything was, was, was an unusual bracha over here. And definitely want to give a shout out to my colleague, Mo Mernick, who runs our office in uh, uh mostly the technology team. And uh, it, it is very unusual, not only for a or Jewish organization uh, to to put out a music video, uh, but I think it's, it's even more unusual is for someone uh, or for an organization to be so heavily involved in technology and building this technological platform, which is which is uh, you know state of the art, yeah. and it's it's not it's not stopping where it is now. People will see it. They'll sign up for the. Shabbos, uh, the three-week program, and they get a little taste of the technology. What's he talking about? Technology. I mean, everybody uses technology. No, 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 no. you got to look at this, barnesatorah.org forward slash Shabbat, and you'll see what we're talking about when it comes to technology. Uh, Abe Cohen, first of all, someone asked on the app the official name. It's Partners in Torah Presents Shabbos. It's Abe Cohen featuring Rivi Schwebel. Abe Mazal Tov on this, and our best to your entire team. And uh, congratulations. You've helped, no doubt, uh, spread the word of Shabbos. No better word or more important word to spread uh, when it comes to um, uh, getting the message to people uh, in our community worldwide. So mazal tov to you, and thanks for joining us. I'm going to continue with Harry Gwertz on a couple of messages from partners in Torah, and I thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. appreciate it. Uh, that's Abe Cohen, everybody. Rabbi uh, Ellie Gwertz is the uh, CEO of Partners in Torah. He's with us still live via telephone. Rabbi Gwertz, by the way, I love the uh, <laughs> I love the top ten reasons of why not to become a partner in Torah mentor. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, some of them very clever and some of them very corny. Uh, there's the I'm way too busy. There's uh, I don't know enough to teach. You've always dispelled that rumor. Uh, others can do this better than I can. Boy, that's a that's a, a real, that's a real that one that one uh, is a low blow because there are a lot of people who say that and boy are they wrong. Uh, I maybe asked a question I won't know how to answer. Uh, what if I make a mistake? Can I just write a check and you'll find someone else? <laughs> you know, it's a huge commitment. We spoke about the time commitment. Uh, I think my wife does something like this already. There's too much of a difference in our lifestyles, I assume, between mentor and student. And, of course, the traditional, the dog ate my chumash. I have no curriculum to study uh, with a student. Rabbi Gwertz, you would say all of those excuses are completely unacceptable, correct? Uh I think it's very real. I think it's very human. I think there's a natural fear. Like, what am I getting myself involved in? I'm, I'm afraid of the commitment. Even after people sign up, they some say, sometimes say, you know, I, I changed my or my my, my my schedule just changed and I can't, and I, I can't do it anymore. It really it, it's it's like the mikvah. You just got to dive in, <laughs> and what <laughs> you just got to dive in. You know, like get the heebie-jeebies out of your head. Uh, it with, we're basically talking about meeting a fellow Jew who you have so much more in common with than you realize, and you talk about the commonality. It's not how many Rashis or Rambans you know. It's not about, the, the, you know, uh, how do you know that the Torah was given by God? And, you know, it's not these deep philosophical questions. Just people 
who want to know, they want to belong. Jews nowadays aren't asking those tough questions. Yeah, many, many of them are asking the tough questions, but that's not why people are joining. People are joining because they, they feel so disconnected. They're raising, they're raising children and say, wait, you know, how are we going to give them any kind of Jewish identity? Right. What are we going to, what are we going to, what are we going to pass on to the next generation? And by, that is why people are joining. And by the way, we have to point out, if people saw your list of students and mentors, they would find CEOs, and I'm not just talking about the CEO of Partners in Torah. I'm talking about CEOs of major corporations. Uh, they'll find people who literally don't have time during the day, but make time. They'll find people in all walks of life. I mean, you have plenty of people who legitimately can cite any of these excuses, and they don't. They avoid those excuses, and they sign up, and they get involved. And by the way, for both uh, students and mentors, because I know, I know some mentors that are you know, really busy 24 hours a day, and it's changed their lives. It's a, a real-life changer for them to be involved. All right, let's, let's break this down very easily. Everybody out there, these, there's the traditional Partners in Torah program that we always talk about. You want to be a mentor, you want to be a student, you want to learn more about our heritage. We can't encourage you enough to do it. Just 1-800-STUDY-42 or partnersintorah.org. That's the basic one. Now, because of the Shabbat Project, as you heard, there's a three-week commitment um, 30 minutes a week where you could study with anybody. It doesn't have to be specifically somebody who would forever be your student or mentor. It could be your friend, your relative, your uh, your spouse, anybody. They want you to take the curriculum that they're offering for three consecutive weeks and join thousands of people around the world studying about Shabbat. Simple as that. Uh, they want you to uh, sign up by going to partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat, and become part of it. Make a commitment of these three 30-minute sessions, so to speak, with all the curriculum handed to you, and then you'll see where it goes. Then you'll see if you like this uh, type of pursuit, if it's uh, you know something that makes sense for you. Uh, obviously, go check out the song, Abe Cohen's Partners of Torah Presents Shabbat, uh, Shabbos. You'll see that uh, all over the place, including YouTube. And uh, and hopefully you'll be inspired by it. Rabbi Gortz, am I, le- I want to break this down as simply as possible. Am I leaving anything essential out from what I just said? No, I, I'm thinking of hiring you for our guest books person. There you go. I mean, you did, I mean you did, you did such a... I'm getting to the point. You go to partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat and sign up. Simple as that. Uh, and everybody I'll in this... I'll tell you one... Yeah. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. I'll tell you one thing. that You didn't leave it out. You did a phenomenal job. No, I'm really, you know, don't don't quit your day job. <laughs> uh, but I, I think one point that... There's a sentence that I've heard almost verbatim thousands of times over the past 27 years, and that is, I, we're talking about mentor, meets me in a shul, meets me at a bar mitzvah, meets me here or there, and, and, and you know, oh, uh, Ellie Gore's department's the Torah, yeah, got it. I get so much more out of the experience than my chabrusa does and my study partner does. Yeah. He thinks I'm teaching him, yeah. but for me, it's it's the it's the highlight of my week, and yeah. that is something that's hard to, to you know hard to convey until you really you, you really you really like do it, and that's why the three week option is so easy because we're not asking you to do beyond three weeks, we're asking you just to do three weeks, but then like it's like it's like the you know the cholent tam or you know uh, it's it's the Torah. Taste it, and then you'll see. You know, it speaks for itself. Yeah, no question about it. Shabbos is the uh, best-selling point for Shabbos. <laughs> once you experience it, <laughs> once you experience it, you can't give it up. 
And there are a lot of people, especially the younger ones, who don't get it. And uh, if they would try it, they would start to get it. And as you said at the very outset of this conversation, and the Shabbos Project proved it, you know, everyone can start observing Shabbos with what they're comfortable with. Whatever Shabbos means, and we discussed that here a million times uh, on the air. Uh, You know, Shabbos is Shabbos for everybody, but, you know, obviously done in different ways and hopefully in a way that will lead to more growth, more commitment, and, and more... A beautiful observance of our rituals, simple as that. Anyway, right. all that, gr- yeah, all yeah. that growth and commitment—they're all personal choices. Uh, we we encourage people to learn to be a phenomenal role model and let the process work itself. Yeah, and the, the, you know, incremental changes may happen. They, they may be more significant. They may be less significant. They, we 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 don't we don't. We don't. We can't predict what other people's choices are, right. and we don't. We don't, you know, uh, do any pressure that they should accommodate to a certain expectation. Right now, all we are is two of us in the same space, being friends, sharing ideas with one another. There's no mentor-student hierarchy. We're both partners in Torah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, in the uh, JM and the AM audience, <laughs> I am speaking to thousands of you this moment. And every one of you, there are a lot of things we talk about that don't apply to everybody. Services provided in the community that you know certain people don't need, certain people don't want. Every one of you is able to play a role in this Partners in Torah experience. Mentor, student, or three-week commitment for Shabbos with a partner. Uh, please think of it very, very seriously. I Believe me, I know all the excuses, and I'm the king of excuses when it comes to this stuff. But think of it seriously. Think of how you can go ahead, make the commitment just by clicking a few clicks on their website and then seeing if you like the experience as much as we think you will. Partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Rabbi Ellie Gortz is available at 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY-42. We're on the general Partners in Torah website at partnersintorah.org. Rabbi Gortz, continue your unbelievable work on behalf of, now I can say, in this year 2020, global Jewish community. And may Partners in Torah continue to grow exponentially on a regular basis. Amen. Thank you so much, Nachum. Pleasure to have you on. More coming up. It is a very special Tuesday edition of JM in the AM. That was our conversation with Rabbi Eli Gortz and with Abe Cohen. Go to partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat for details. Next up, Steve Adelsberg was with us right before the big chevroncharity.com event. We were talking about Chevron, and we were talking about the uh, incredible day in 1967 when Rav Gorin came into Chevron, and I had the opportunity to read part of his account in English on the air during the interview. My conversation with Steve Adelsberg about the holy city of Chevron here on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning, and as you know, today is the day that the charity campaign for Yeshivat Shavei Chevron begins. We have the honor of uh, doing the big finale tomorrow night. Uh, literally, the last couple hours of the charity campaign will be dedicated to being together with our friends in Chevron during Erev Shabbat Chaye Sarah. Could you imagine? We can't go to Shabbos Chaye Sarah this year, but it's going to come to us because of Yeshivat Shavei Chevron. And in less than two hours, the campaign begins, a matching campaign 
which will allow the yeshiva to raise, please God, half a million dollars. That's their goal. And I hope all of you will participate. It's a charity.com. You could actually donate right now. You don't have to wait for the official start of the campaign. Charity.com slash Chevron. Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Chevron. S-H-A-V-E-I-H-E-V-R-O-N. S-H-A-V-E-I-H-E-V-R-O-N. And uh, tomorrow night, beginning at 8 p.m., I will be uh, on this side of the world while our holy sites, including Marat HaMachbelah and our friends from Yeshivat Shaveh Hebron, will be on the other side of the world, literally connecting us to Hebron on Erev Shabbat Chaye Sarah. Ironically, I, I believe that um, the first time I met our guest was when I was on my way to Shabbat Chaye Sarah. Many, many, many years ago, and he's been an amazing friend uh, since then of uh, both me and my family and this uh, incredible network. And I find out, of course, that um, he is a tremendous friend of Shivat Shavei Hevron as well, and among its uh, lay leaders. With us live via telephone, somebody who uh, normally is speaking to us about Jews and sports, but today <laughs> is going to be speaking to us about Jews and Chevron, Steve Adelsberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be here. Early in the morning, as they say. Oh, it's early, and, right? <laughs> and you, I bet you didn't know that Avram Avinu played third base for the first Marta Machpelah team. You know, it, it's funny. I, I assumed you would start with a line like that, and now I can, I can, only, I can only imagine who out there is upset that you did that. But, <laughs> but yes, if, if there if there was a... Uh, if there would have been a competition between Avraham and his men and, Efra, and Ephron and his men, you know Avraham would have had a, a prominent position on the field, obviously. Uh, Avraham knocked him out in the first inning. He knocked him out in the first inning. Ephron threw him a curveball and he hit it against the wall. It wasn't even close. When he was buying Stay Hamach Pela, it was not, not that type of field, Steve. It was not that type of field. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we get to turn our attention. Normally, when you're on, uh, people are uh, are either flabbergasted or enthralled by, you, by the conversations you and I have about sports. But today, we're talking about a campaign that begins in less than two hours. And and what's really special about this, and I know that you feel the same way as many of your colleagues do among the leadership of Yeshivat Shavei Chevron, is that literally the big event, the climax of this whole thing, is happening on Erev Shabbos Chaye Sarah. And that's pretty amazing that they thought of the idea, that they're able to pull it off, and we're looking forward to tomorrow night to that happening. Uh, tell us about your affiliation with the yeshiva. When was the first time you became familiar with what they're doing in the heart of Hebron? The first time, I believe, was was Pesach in the 90s when you when uh, Rabbi Billet took Ira Leonard with Rav Bina to dedicate the new building. I was with the uh, I was with Elliot Tannenbaum, and I was going to Shavei Hebron. And we went to a yeshiva, and we saw, I have to tell you, 400 boys in the middle of Hebron. Even you can't then, get huh? more. You can't get more in the, in the thick, thick of things. Right. And they were learning the Torah. They were holding the candle. There was no question about it. They were the light. And I said, hey, this is what, this is what matters. We're bringing Torah into Hebron. We're not just 
sitting there playing. We are bringing Torah learning into Hebron. And it's been like that, like that ever since. And the way you just said yeah. it, it's, um, I mean, we're talking about between 30 and 40 years already that, that, that this is happening because of Yeshivat Shavei Hebron. Is all of this uh, happening specifically because we're in a COVID era and it's so hard for Yeshivot like Shavei Hebron to survive? Or is this uh, an annual tradition? I mean, what, what's, what's behind this massive campaign and the outreach that's going on to people around the world to support the yeshiva. It's very it's a very simple thing we use it. We sometimes say it now in taxes, either you use it or lose it. Right. Basically, we have to show our support for Hebron. In the Middle East, they say sometimes they use the phrase possession is nine tenths of the law. Yeah. They don't have to go shut in Eretz Israel, it's ten tenths of the law. If you're not there, we lose it. And I have to say very very frankly, Nachum, the boys, the yeshiva, Dobi Weiss of, Ye- of Yeshiva Shavei Chevron, they're writing checks that we can't cover. It's that simple. We can't cover the checks that we're, they're writing. And we have to be part of it, or we will lose it. And to be there, as I say, you go there, Cholomoid Sukkot, and go there, Cholomoid Pesach, and you see 25,000 people walking the streets, Chayi Sarah, 25,000 people just, just celebrating Chevron. And this last year, we haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And by the way, what's interesting is when you're in Chevron on a regular day, on a day when they don't have $25,000, 25,000 visitors, rather, on a day when they don't have massive crowds and you see what the daily life is like, uh, it's a it's a sacrifice. It's a pioneering sacrifice. What you said is 100% true, that if we as a Jewish people do not show the importance of these holy sites and holy cities to the world, then nobody's going to be uh, granting us any free pass to uh, to either be in these places or to continue to uh, have our institutions in these places. And uh, and then there's the added factor, Steve, and that is that, uh, uh, you know, everyone's going through a, um, a, a challenging time. I have to be careful not to say difficult, but a challenge. Yeah, especially when it comes to Hebron, by the way, because if, if you want to know about our history, there was a time when Jews really had a difficult time in Hebron, but a challenging time. And this COVID-19 has stopped a lot of funding from people who in the past have been able to really be forthcoming. So I really, I'm, I'm trying to encourage the listeners to make this as successful a campaign as possible. Officially, it begins less than two hours from now. People can actually donate right now and everything they give will be matched. And they should keep in mind that as, uh, as, as much as the yeshiva always needs uh, an annual budget to operate, this year, especially because of COVID, they need a lot more. So I'm sure you join me in encouraging everybody to make this a very successful campaign. No question about it. And the thing is, we all know COVID has hit us in a way that we never thought of before. And if you want to use COVID for an excuse, you can use it for anything. Yeah. <laughs> I call it COVID convenience. <laughs> but this, but, this is, but this, is not, this is not COVID convenience. This is Chevron. And we have to be there. And we have to be there, and this is the way we can be there. But don't don't kid ourselves. Dovi's yeshiva is the yeshiva Shabbat Hebron is full in their learning, and that's what's important, and that's what they need our support. One of the most um, inspiring things about this week's event is that it's literally happening on erev Shabbat Chayei Sarah. You de- you described when you know tens of thousands of people are in Hebron. I've been there for it. You've been there for it. It's really. An amazing and incredible feeling to be with people from around the world as they converge on the holy city and show everybody how important Hebron is to us. Uh, it one of the most painful things, and I think you and I have discussed this before on the air. One of the most painful things about COVID, aside from the 
excuses that people make in terms of the support and things like that. One of the most disappointing things has been our physical separation from Israel. And especially on a Shabbos like this, the upcoming Shabbos of Chayis, our, our physical separation from the city of Hebron. The fact that this is happening, that this big event is culminating, when it's literally Erev Shabbos Chaye Sara in Hebron. Very different, of course. Very different. Not access to everything and obviously no crowds. But the fact that we're connecting with Hebron on what would have to be assumed the, the most important day of the year that you can broadcast, right? The most important would be the actual Shabbos, but we can't broadcast. Uh, but, but on Erev Shabbat Chaye Sara is really very significant and, and very symbolic. And I wonder if uh, if you think that that's going to um, help bridge the gap between us and our uh, brothers and sisters in the holy city of Hebron, that if we can't be there at least on, on the day that most of us would be there, Erev Shabbos Hebron, right? We'd all be piling into Hebron that Shabbos. At least no on that question. Shabbos, if we're connecting, it should it should help ease the pain a bit. Well, the, the beauty about going to Hebron on these days, on Chayi Sarah, you feel the achdos, you feel the unity. Yeah. Everyone there is a brother. Everyone there is a sister. And you feel it, and you celebrate it, and you smile it, and you walk around Friday night, Shabbos, and you say, Zu Arseno HaKadoshah, this is our land. And we don't, got, we don't have that right now. And it's the first time in my life that I've been told I can't go to Eretz Israel. My grandfather, <laughs> he wasn't able. Not, not, not told, but the story about your father. Oh, he was in Hebron. My father was but, was in Hebron and uh, and and literally was there, living there as a child, at the age of twelve by relatives, uh, until um, until the school year ended on Tisha B'av uh, in 1929. And of course, a week later, as many people know, uh, was the uh, was the um, uh, massacre in Hebron. Uh, that claimed the lives of so many and was uh, a, a completely devastating to the community and to the Jewish world. And um, it, it's a, it, for me, it's a, um, it brings a lot of personal recollections because uh, my father had mixed feelings, as you can imagine, after having been through that experience. Not that he was there that day, but he knew so many, so many people who were massacred that Shabbat. And it, it left a very, as you can imagine, it left a very strong impression on him. And um, and he recalled, and I remember speaking to him about this uh, more than once, he recalled every specific area of Hebron the way it was, like any 12-year-old would remember, you know, back in, right. back in 1929. And he <laughs> saw, even though he didn't visit uh, when I did, he wasn't there in the 90s and, and, and afterwards, but, but he saw what had happened uh, with what uh, Rabbi and Rabbanit Levinger had done, uh, with what so many of those who who sacrificed to be there had done, when my my Chavrusa was was murdered in 1980, Lag Omer Friday night in front of Beit Hadassah, and now a place that I've slept in on Shabbat Chayesara, Beit Hashisha, is named for these six boys who were killed that night uh, in Chevron. So so Chevron of today is built on a lot of Jewish blood is built on a lot of sweat and tears, is built on tremendous sacrifice and so many, so much effort by the Jewish people. All we need to do after all of this, all we need to do literally is write a check. All we need to do literally is click donate on the on the uh, charity.com page. That That's literally what we have to do now. 
we don't have to go through what they all went through. We don't have to have the trauma that my father had. We don't have to. We don't have to go through what my Chavrusa's family and the other families went through when they lost their sons. All we have to do today is keep the yeshiva as strong as possible. And and Steve, it's something that you take great pride in that you and your family have done that. You know others who've done that. And now all we're doing over the next twenty four hours is looking for more people to do just that. That's exactly right. And I have to say, it's when I first you asked me about my connection to Hebron, as you know, with Rav Meir Goldberg, we go to Israel and go all the different yeshuvim right. the last 20 years. But he has a sheer of connecting. What's the connection of Hebron to Yerushalayim? I tell the audience, listen to that sheer, and you'll feel the connection of how important Hebron is to us. And to do a Lahavdil, a normal 12-year-old, what is his biggest memory, as we always talk about? We all, our biggest memory is what's the first baseball game I went to? That's right. 12-year-old. That's right. <laughs> your, father, your father's memory? Let me tell you about Chevron in 1929. That, was, that, to me, was like everything else, is, everything else is secondary. And I have to tell you that it's a very, very, it's a great, great thing that we're able to do this. We're, we're a privileged generation. We're a privileged generation. That we're able to go to Hebron. I remember, I remember Wednesday morning of the Six Day War. It was Wednesday morning. I was at the Hebrew Academy in Nassau County, and we're going down to an assembly, and the word starts spreading. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, so it's, it's probably 10 o'clock. What's it, 5 o'clock in the afternoon in Israel at the time? Right, right. And the word spreads down to Yeshiva, Hebron Biodeno. Hebron Biodeno. Rabbi Gordon, <laughs> he captured Hebron by himself. He drove up in his jeep. The story was that he's at he's at the he's at the hotel, and someone says to Rav Gordon, "Sahal is going into Hebron." He gets all excited because you got to remember, we, you know, going to Hebron. No one's been there since no one's been there since '48, and then we always could go to the Seven Steps. He jumps into a jeep with his driver, drives down from Yerushalayim to Hebron. This is during the Six Day War. All excited, There's only one problem. He drives into the the Plaza de Mara, and Saul hasn't gotten there yet. It's Rav Goran and 80,000 Arabs. And they put out a white flag, and they give the city to him. And they surrender the city. They would, this is our opportunity. We took it. We have it now. And we have to keep it. When we, drew, when we drew closer to Hebron, I saw white flags waving over all the houses along the way. There would be no battles here, I thought. There wasn't a single Jordanian flag, so there was nothing to fear. We were entering Chevron as victors without having fired a single shot. My driver said as we drove past Chalchul, there's a Jordanian flag flying from the third floor of one of the houses. They might fire on us. Take the Uzi and cover me, I said. I'm going up there to take down the flag. My driver said, oh. that, my driver said they might kill me, so he would go. You're still young, I told him. You still have to build a home and a family. I've already lived my life. I'll go up, and whatever happens, happens. One of the drivers accompanied me to the second floor, and from there I went to the third floor. I reached a flag. I took it down. Salam alaikum, I said to the tenants. I took the flag, and they didn't say a word. We advanced toward Hebron, and when we entered the city, we saw all the houses along the main road festooned with white sheets hanging from the balconies. The Hebron municipality and the military forces 
had decided on a self-imposed curfew and ordered that no one leave their homes. I wanted to inform them that the IDF had already conquered Hebron, even though the IDF force was only me and the Jeep at this stage. <laughs> and the center of town was a, po- was a podium where a policeman usually stood to direct the traffic. I climbed onto the podium and fired a magazine of bullets into the air to notify the residents that the IDF had captured Hebron. My declared goal had been to be the first to reach the Cave of the Patriarchs, I saw an Arab boy at one of the windows. Where's the grave of Avraham Avinu? I shouted up to him. But he said he was afraid to come down because of the curfew. He wouldn't be able to get back home. I promised him my driver would bring him back, and the boy agreed to show us. We reached the cave, began to climb the stairs toward the gates at the top of the two staircases. I climbed to the top of the staircase on the north side where everyone prayed and saw the gate was locked. I shouted in Arabic, open the gates. I heard voices inside. They said, we don't have a key. If they don't have a key, I thought to myself, how'd they get inside? I began firing bullets at the gates, but they didn't budge. To this day, you could see the holes I made, which the Arabs call Rabbi Gorin's holes. For three hours, we tried to break down the gates until I heard the sound of a tank approaching. That was the first Israeli tank to enter Hebron, and it was adorned with an improvised flag, a sheet on which someone had drawn a blue Magain David. When the tank arrived, I saw the soldiers had a crowbar. My driver and I put the bar into the gate and worked it off its hinges until the gate fell to the ground and we could enter Marat HaMachbelah. We saw two Arabs inside, trembling, and one of them was holding the keys to the gate, even though they had told me they didn't have any keys. My driver went over, took the keys, and we went into the Mara where I blew the shofar. I took the Sefer Torah I had brought with me and read the portion of Chaye Sarah, which relates how Avraham bought the cave of the patriarchs and the sons of Chait. It was still early in the morning. We were able to daven shacharis there, the first Jews to daven freely in Marat HaMachpelah in 19 years. No such thing as coincidence. Those words by Rabbi Gorin are in the current issue, the Chaye Sarah issue of HaMizrahi magazine, which Steve arrived this morning. Imagine that, and you alluded to it, and I, and I saw it, and I said, I have to read that account. But boy, you told it accurately. That is Rav Goren, literally. Well, I can't say literally because he would say he had help from his driver, but almost <laughs> literally single-handedly capturing Chevron. And if you don't think that's a miracle, then I, what can I tell you? If you, yeah. if you don't think there's Elohim going on here, I can't help you. That is 100% but, true. And I say, uh, but the, but the beauty of it, Nachum, it just gives us a certain. You you tell us that story, you read it, and we feel the achdus, the passion of the moment, and it's our history. It's not. We're not going into the navi now. We're going. We're going into 1967. I remember it was yesterday. Chevron biyadeno. And I we... never. I Yushalayim was one thing, but Chevron. I never dreamed as a boy. I read Chaye Sora. You know, we, we were learning that in Chumash. I'm in eighth grade. And Chevron biyadeno. We have the right. We have. The, we have the. The obligation, the privilege of being part of a yeshiva in Hebron, and we don't have to make uh, we don't have to make decisions about whether we should uh, we should put our life in peril or our driver's life in peril. We don't have to exactly. make we don't have to make decisions like that. We have to make a decision of how much money is going to be matched because it's a matching campaign, and that's the biggest decision we have. Should we make it thirty six bucks so it becomes seventy two, or should we make it a thousand bucks so it becomes two thousand? Or should we make it 15000 so it becomes 30000 That's the biggest decision that everyone now today in 2020 has to make regarding the future of the city of Hebron. During the, during the Six-Day War, Newsweek, afterwards, Newsweek had their special issue 
on the Six Day War, and one of it was the was the charitable giving of the Jewish people during that time, and the pitgam, the phrase they they had in Newsweek, "Give until it hurts." Wow! It, and if it doesn't hurt, you haven't given enough. They literally acknowledged how much money Jews around the world were giving at that point. That's right. The headline in the article was "Give until it hurts." If you haven't given. If it doesn't hurt, you haven't given enough. <laughs> that still that phrase still rings with me. <laughs> is is that your custom now? You give till it hurts. Is that how it works? <laughs> no, <laughs> we try to give till they stop calling and leave us alone. But that also hurts. <laughs> it's a little different these days, huh? This is true. As I said before, we're writing. Ch- they're writing chicks over there that we can't even think that we can cover. <laughs> A very good point. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night I'll be part of the um, uh, of this amazing uh, uh, combination of speaking to you from the United States while we are checking in constantly with what's happening Erev Shabbat Chayisaran Chevron. All part of this charity campaign to support the yeshiva. They, they, need, they basically need half a million dollars and it's a matching campaign. So every time you give 180, it's really $360. Simple as that. You could donate now. Uh, you could wait till the campaign actually begins, which is about an hour and 40 minutes from now. Uh, you could donate all day tomorrow. You could donate if you want during the live broadcast tomorrow night that we're going to be doing. Or you could donate during all those times. In fact, that's Steve's recommendation. He says people should donate during every one of those time uh, periods. Right, Steve? That's <laughs> They should spread it out. They should spread it out and just keep giving. That would be a tremendous uh, encouragement for our friends in Hebron. Uh, charity.com slash Chevron. Charity.com, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Chevron. S-H-A-V-E-I-H-E-V-R-O-N. Steve Adelsberg, I, uh, I, and I know you as well, hope that this is a very successful campaign, that the Jewish people t- can take great pride. They've supported the yeshiva in a successful campaign during this very important week of Chaye Sarah for the holy city of Hebron. Thank you so much, Nachum. I appreciate Have a good, a good Arab Shabbos, a successful campaign, and we should all be able next year to reunite in the city of Hebron, the Chaye Sarah. Yeah, we should, we should talk about that, actually. Right, because- come back. Because not every year do we make it there, but I think after COVID, I think all of us have to really try very hard to make it there next year. I think I think everybody's looking forward to that thrill of coming back to yeah. Eretz Israel, walking the streets of Yushalayim, when over a year we were told, no, you can't come. Yeah. I, I feel, we all are thinking, what's it going to be like the first time we come off the plane, the first time we smell the air of Eretz Israel? Yeah, it'll be a big sigh of relief, I can tell you that much. Uh, and let's hope it's sooner rather than later. Let's pray that really this time next year things are normal and we could do all this. Uh, Steve Adelsberg, uh, uh, kudos to you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, and uh, thanks for all you do for the holy city of Hebron and Shivat Shavei Hebron. Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. And as I say, and hopefully tell the audience we'll be back to baseball soon. Yes, we'll get we'll get back to <laughs> Don't worry, folks. We'll get back to sports conversations, of course, here at JM in the AM. Thanks, everybody. It's charity.com slash Shavei Chevron. Give. Give till it hurts, as Steve Adelsberg said. Stop.
That was my conversation with Steve Adelsberg about the holy city of Hebron. That does it for this week's edition of JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here on NSN, the Nahum Single Network.